1380 KCIM Sports presents KCIM Sports Rewind. A look back at the week in high school sports. Brought to you by St. Anthony Rehab Services. Here's sports director Jeff Blankman, John Ryan, and Jeff Honnell. Well, lots of uh, exciting postseason action to talk about here on KCIM Sports Rewind, but we're going to start a little bit on the college scene. Uh, Jeff Blankman uh, and I were talking a little bit off air about how our teams get bowl eligible and Honnold. We're going to bring you in on this one, too. Uh, Iowa State needs three wins to get bowl eligible. Nebraska needs three wins to get bowl eligible. The Hawkeyes need three wins to get bowl eligible. And we were talking about the uh, the uh, Iowa-Northwestern game. Uh, Jeff Honnold, what's your prediction on that ball game? Uh, And we know one thing for sure. It's going to set football back a couple decades, isn't it? Should be low scoring. It's <laughs> going to be entertaining. <laughs> I could not uh, resist that one. I'm sorry. Oh, well, I tell you what, that was. Uh, it, it is tough to take a top two defense and make them look rough, and and uh, Saturday was rough. But I, you know, Iowa should handle Northwestern. Um, I, I look for Iowa to, to pull off a couple more wins, get themselves bowl eligible. Iowa State has been in every game, so you know you look at it thinking, "Wow, they got daunted, daunting task," but you know nobody's blowing them out. So, you know, I, it wouldn't shock me for Iowa State to come bowl eligible, and I think it's a miracle for Nebraska. Uh, yeah, so I was going to say, give me give me the rankings. You're saying Iowa, Iowa State, Nebraska in that order to get bowl eligible. I would say so. Yes. All right, Blankman. I, I'm probably not going to disagree. Uh, none of them probably truly deserve, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, Iowa State maybe with the way they've played and how close they've played, but I think their schedule a little stronger. But, yeah, I would say Nebraska's got five games left. I would say Michigan probably the one game that you feel like you have no shot. Illinois this weekend's going to be, you know, a slim shot. But to, I, I think a, a winnable game coming off a of bye week. Uh, the injuries over there affecting things a little bit now and, and stuff. But, um you know, got to get better defensively, got to be able to stop the run and got to figure out how to run the ball. But, uh, you know, I I do think, uh, not saying that they're not predicting any wins, but I, I do think Minnesota's a winnable game. I think the Iowa game's a winnable game. So, I, you know, they, they, they've got some mm-hmm. Wisconsin this year is a winnable game. Minnesota, I, I, there's some winnable games left on the schedule. They just got to find a way to go three and two. Yeah, and Minnesota's been just toothless. They they started out the year gangbusters, but they have just, since they got into Big Ten play, just fallen apart. Yeah, Tanner Morgan got hurt, their quarterback, and then that certainly has taken them away. And then Abraham, I think, was banged up for yep. a while. And, he was and back stuff. now, but yep. yeah. But uh, yeah, so they've, they've definitely slipped. And, you know, with Wisconsin, you get blown out by Michigan State, then you beat Purdue. So they're kind of, you know, kind of like Nebraska, a little up and down. Now, you're going to be on Saturday night. You're going to be over in Nebraska because you're going to be talking with Blaze Gunnarsson and Cody Case. They're yeah. both playing for opposite sides here. Yeah, looking forward to that. Uh, hard to believe it's going to be my fourth Nebraska game that I'll have gotten to this year. So thanks to Tyler Bruner for mm-hmm. helping out a little bit on weekends this year, allowing me to be able to get away a little bit more often. So, But, uh, yeah, I got press credentialed. Uh, Jeff Storyhan's going to go with me, and we'll have photos from that game and stuff. But uh, I know I've reached out to Illinois. They're going to try to catch me up with Cody Case after the game, but uh, as his father Brian sent me a text yesterday, he goes, you know, my son's a lot like me, and Brian's not a big fan of having to do interviews, <laughs> so Cody might try and slip away, but uh, hopefully I'll be able to catch up with him. Even if I don't get an interview, I'd like to just be able to say hi and mm-hmm. chat with him for a sure. little bit, uh, but I know Nebraska's already said they'll work with me on catching up with Blaze. Um, I've already got a chance to talk to him a couple of times this year without doing interviews, just chat with him and see how things are going, so hopefully I'll uh, be able to catch yeah. up with both of them. And Jeff Honnold, how much money would have to pay you to go to that game? 
Uh, actually, I enjoy football. I would go, but uh, I'm going to go with my wife. I'm going to the Iowa State game. So, um, just I, I enjoy going to football. Uh, so it doesn't really matter what team, as long as it's going to be an entertaining game. I don't, I don't like going to like Iowa Northwestern. I think you'd have to pay me to go to that one probably. But, I, th- I think it's an uh, afternoon football. I go. If it's an afternoon game, it's going to be beautiful. If it's a night yeah. game, it's going to be cold. Yeah, closet cyclone fan there, folks. He's oh. a closet cyclone fan. Yeah, <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs> Let's talk about local uh, playoff. First of all, let's start with cross country. You're going to be there coming up on Friday. A couple of teams qualifying for cross country this state meet uh, on Friday. So tell us about that. Yeah, it's going to be interesting this year. Uh, I'll be up there Friday morning uh, for the uh, Class 1A and Class 2A portion of the state meet. Going to miss part of the 2A, but uh, I've worked things out with the coaches already for that. Uh, But uh, Friday, got the ICAM. Manning girls running at uh, 10.30 with uh, Taylor Beckendorf, Emily Albertson, Juliana Strybrig, and Garrison and Lauren Earlbeck. They qualified as a team, so they'll all be competing as long as well as uh, Steph Beiswinger uh, from the Audubon Wheeler is going to be running up there. That gets underway at 10.30 on Friday morning. Following that at about 11.15, it'll be the IKM Manning boys. Uh, they qualified as a team as well with uh, Caden Keller, Lane Sams, Reed Henners, Nathan Johnson, Cash Hewen, and Camden Moore. Uh, So looking forward to uh, catching up with all of those young folks after they get done running. And then the afternoon, uh, we've got the 2A girls at 2 o'clock. Chloe Judish, who uh, set a new school record uh, while qualifying in her state qualifying meet the other day, and Iris Melody, both of South Central Calhoun. Now, um, need to get on the road kind of between 2 and 2.30 to get up to West Sioux for the Kemper football game. Um, So I'm going to do an interview with Chloe and Iris ahead of their race um, so that I can catch up with them about being up at state this year. And then at 2.45, uh, two guys that ran really great all year for Eastside County, Parker Engel and Landon Spore are going to be running, and I'll be catching up with them uh, before their races as well um, so that uh, we can kind of get everybody talked to uh, mm-hmm. while we're up there. And then Kemper runs on Saturday, uh, and uh, Marie Day going to be up there for the night at 1030 on Saturday morning, and uh, Ryan North and Jacob Graving will be running at 1115 for the nights, and uh, Tyler Bruner going to make the trek up there on Saturday because with the Nebraska game being a 230 kick, I can't get to Fort Dodge yep. and then up. So Tyler will be covering, and we'll have interviews with those guys. So a, a great year. We talked about maybe sending the most kids we've ever sent to state cross country, and we're going to be able to do that. You know, weather is always a factor this year looks to be perfect maybe a little on the chilly side but i think the runners would prefer that more than anything else you know as a guy that likes to run himself uh, you know i like running in hot weather because you know at my age it's just easier to get loose and stuff when Mm -hmm. it's 90 than it is when it's 40 but i think for younger runners and most runners you give them 40 to 50 degree weather and stuff especially with a little cloud so the sun's not beating down on them and they love that yeah jeff honald what's your favorite running weather the one that I run to the kitchen table. <laughs> run to the fridge, if right? You, if you if you see me running, you better be scared because there's something big chasing me. Yeah, you better be running faster, right? You did a couple of five Ks here in the last couple of years. The bus. He said you. Uh, Jeff said you've done a couple of five Ks the last few years. I have. I I, I can do it. I. I just, I've never from a young age liked running distance. I, I can run, I can run some sprints, I can do that kind of stuff, and I can do the two to three miles. I just, I don't enjoy it at all, so I, I avoid it. So if you see me running a long distance, get out of the way because there's something bad happening. Yeah, track and field to me in high school was punishment. So. <laughs> Well, now 
that he's talking about being a sprinter. I wonder if he wants to get into that 100-meter dash race with Cones and I. Bring it. <laughs> you heard it. It's a three-way race now. It's Honnold, Blankman, and Cones, the final showdown on the track. And I know, Jeff, you like to put a little money down on things. Which one of us pulls a hammy first? <laughs> I'm guessing me because I hate to lose. I'll, I'll, I'll rip it and still try to finish. Yeah. And which one pulls the hammy first, then the Achilles tendon? Yes. Uh, which one, you know, skins up the knees, falling on the track? Yeah, there's a whole lot of bets there that could be going on in there. Absolutely. One. All right, so that's cross country against swimming. Uh, they're still got one more regular season meet, right? Tw- yeah. Tomorrow the, night? The, the, they're tonight. swimming tonight. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hosting Algona and Perry at the rec center at 530. I'll head out there to cover that. I think Jeff Storyon going to be there to take photos as well. So, uh, yeah, looking forward of that, um, and then they're actually off until the following Saturday. So not this coming Saturday, but the following Saturday is when their state qualifying meet will be up in Fort Dodge. I just remember we're going to do the uh, all rewind team, correct? Next week. Next week. Okay. All right. I'm yes. off. I'm off on my weeks. Here, yes. So. No. You're I was like, good. We better get going. Yeah. <laughs> no. We're going to be doing that. Yeah. I haven't even got it. F- we 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 will finish that up this weekend as far as who's first team, second team, honorable mention, and coach of the year, player of the year. So we're we're kind of letting right. the season. We've sent out the invites, but we're letting uh, the season wrap up pretty much before we. And to figure everything out. How so. lucky are our listeners? I get 20 more minutes of exactly what they've heard for the last 10. Well, it's probably been for about the last 18 years. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Let's talk. Uh, let's go back and talk football here. Uh, final week for the Carroll Tigers during regular season. They pick up a victory there. Playoffs, well, didn't exactly turn out the way we wanted to. South Central probably came the closest. Kemper came out with the only win uh, of that opening round, and not not totally surprising. No, they, they were they were expected to, and they were the only ones that were te- technically you could yeah. say favored. I mean, overall, to win. I'm not talking yes. about Kempery. I'm talking about overall as the, as all of our team records around the area in the playoffs. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So. Um, yeah, it was an interesting Friday night. It was fun going up to BV. Uh, that was a fun place to call a game, and, and I thought Kemper came out and and played well. Um, defense played really well. Um, in the first half, Emmitsburg never had a driver. They picked up more than one first down. Um, they'd get a, a good run or two in there of eight, nine yards, but uh, never get got more than one first down offensively. Struggled a little bit in the first quarter and then kind of blew things open with a 21-point second quarter and, and got up 28 to nothing at half and went on to win at 35-8. to eight. So I, I, f- I think they feel like they probably left some points on the board and, and had some chances. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, still a big win for them, and now they move on to play West Sioux coming up on Friday night. i say that was a 2-3 matchup with Kemper and yep. Emmitsburg. Now they're stepping up to a number one seed in West Sioux, and uh, Isak found out how good they were. Yeah. Um, Isak went up there. I, I, I was a little bit surprised when I looked at uh, the stats on, on Sunday when I sat down. To, to write the recap stories. Uh, they finished with just 10 yards of total offense. Um, so West Sioux's defense, very good. Uh, but, uh, yeah, West Sioux ends up winning that one 58 to nothing. Uh, I know I talked a little bit with Coach McCullough over the weekend. Uh, they can really sling the ball, but they can run it well as well. They're a physical ball club, aggressive on defense, and a very fast team. So I, I think you're going to see two kind of identical teams in Kemper and West who scoring off uh, uh, on Friday night. Two very athletic teams, two teams mm-hmm. that have good team speed, defend well, but can run and throw the football well. Is it any... Uh, comparison to like Underwood 
I, I mean, that was the one team probably this year that, you know, obviously they were the district champions. They yep. defeated Kemper here at Kemper, uh, Aaron and Carroll. So, I mean, do they compare with West Sioux at all? I think so, except for I think Underwood's advantage over most people is they're just so big up front. It doesn't sound like West Sioux has that size. They might be more athletic and they might be faster um, and stuff is what that is kind of what I've been able to gather. Jeff Honnold, your thoughts on that matchup coming up on Friday night, West Sioux hosting Kemper. Yeah, it's too bad it's happening so soon. I think both these teams are, are dome-worthy teams. I think they're both really, really solid football teams. And um, unfortunately, we have some of these games that come early. And, and West Sioux has been one of those teams that, uh, you know, has won a few state championships there. They've been there. They know what they're doing. Um, it's going to be a tough, a tough road. And I think Kemper um, probably, probably likes this matchup a little better than a Underwood. Like you said, it's speed on speed and skill on skill. And um, I think they think they can match up pretty well with that. But again, it's too bad it's early. One of these two teams isn't going to see the dome, and I'd like to see them there next week. And again, I think I think home field advantage is huge for West Sioux in that ball game because yes. you drive to Northwest Iowa, then you just keep on driving Northwest. Yeah, uh, <laughs> you know we're literally like a stone's throw from the Sioux Falls area. Mm-hmm. You know, so you're about as far north north and and west as as what you can get. And I. Uh, I know I'm going to have to stop off, and you guys will give me a hard time, but I need to pick up some extra clothes uh, before Friday <laughs> night because uh, I got the word that uh, no room in the press box, so we will be mm-hmm. sitting in the bleachers. Uh, and uh, you guys know me. I don't like cold weather, and it looks like it's going to be chilly up there on Friday night. Oh, I'm sure those game time temperatures are going to be at least low 40s, maybe upper yep. 30s. Yep, and it's supposed to get down into the low 30s by the time the game ends uh, coming up on Friday night. So uh, Also, uh, Audubon in action, taking on Rems and St. Mary's. I mean, Remsen right now is uh, looks like they're state championship bound. Yeah, D- Darren Miller uh, posted a, a comment on, on the tweet of the final score um, from that night, and he said, I don't think they'll play a close game until at least the state championship, and that's probably very, very, could very well be true. Uh, and as Jeff has said a number of times, we saw them this summer at, at state baseball, and you just knew the kind of athletes they were putting on on the field. And Audubon's a good football team uh, and, and extremely, yeah. extremely well coached. Um, and for them to go up there and lose 76 to nothing was just an absolute shock. But I think what it does is it just – it tells you how good St. Mary's is. Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. They they are just they've been there every single year. They're in the conversation for the state yep. tournament. They just have a program that's just reloading every single year. Yeah, it, and 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 reloading with athletes. That's the tough thing. Mm-hmm. It's not always about size. They just put athletes out on the field. Yeah, they can they can outspeed, outdo everything with that one. And then uh, South Central Calhoun, Western Christian, uh, 36-18, definitely the closest game of the playoff games that we had. So uh, South Central, again, taking on a team that was kind of expected to win in that ball game, but South Central showed up. They did. Uh, and tip your cap to Coach Case and his coaching staff and the kids up there. Uh, you know, they had had some struggles this year against good football teams and, and kind of, I think, found themselves – uh, you know, in week nine, uh, Coach K said it a couple of times late in the year that uh, once they kind of knew where they were locked into the playoffs, it almost felt like the pressure came off of this group uh, and, and they kind of relaxed and started playing a little bit more of what you expected uh, from South Central Calhoun football. I think their inability to run the ball this year was kind of a surprise, and I think that uh, it was kind of the difference for them the other night. Uh, couldn't run the ball very well, but uh, threw it very, very well as Gavin Bata and Jaden Sword continued to have an outstanding connection with each other. 
Yeah, so that kind of wraps up that part. And plus, Carroll Tigers wind up their season with a with a win at home here. And uh, once again, nice way to end the season. Although you gave up a ton of yards. Yeah, uh, you know, it's not the way you wanted to go out defensively, but still picked up the W. Yeah, and Jeff, I think for Coach Rowetter, you know, young team this year for a young team to finish five and four. Um, he talked a little bit about it on the Saturday morning coaches show. Got some revenge on teams in a way that that had really beaten them fairly thoroughly the year before for his first year as the head coach. So to see a young group come in, take some really good steps forward, I think the future bodes really, really well for this Tiger program. Yeah, I think you, this year you got to see the kind of a, a team that he wants. Uh, you know, they had it kind of set up last year and then had that injury before the season even started. And you lose the cook kid and, and uh, you, you know, you, you don't have a running back. So now you see his running style, what he wants to be his physical team, um, really, really work quickly at the point of attack. And, and they did a nice job this year. I, you know, I, I would say they overperformed what people thought they would do. Um, in the district, that was really balanced. I mean, they're they're a stone throw away from from playoffs, and you know, only one or two losses. So, um, just a just a great year, and I think a, a great way to build. And it sounds like there's some numbers coming as well. So, you know, look for look for fun things here in the future from Carroll. Yeah, they, they, they once had a couple of very disappointing losses. Could have been a whole different story on the season uh, for the Carroll Tigers. I uh, do want to mention one thing. The scoreboard show is going to be back, even though we only have one team in action. Jeff Blankman has found a way to take up more airtime. <laughs> yeah. Wanna, wanna it's thank, a fun way, though. It is. I, I think people will enjoy it. We've got Tyler Bruner and Nick Brinks going to be back here in the studio coming up on Friday night. Of course, I'll catch up with Coach Steinkamp after their game and, and chat with him about their game. But uh, what we've done is we've lined it up. I'm still waiting to hear from one coach, uh, but uh, I've got uh, right now Coach Rowetter is going to join us over the phone uh, at some point during the show on Friday night, uh, and he'll talk about how the three game, three A games played that night, and, and kind of what the three A playoffs will look like, and 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 what he feels they're going to do in the playoffs. And then uh, I've got Coach McCullough from East Sac County joining us to talk about the one A playoffs, and I've got uh, Sean Burks down there at Audubon to come in and, and chat with us uh, about the the playoffs in eight man um, and stuff. So hopefully we'll get coach McCarville to join us for coach, uh, the class a games. Uh, but I just thought it'd be kind of fun to kind of get the p- coach's perspective mm-hmm. on how their class sizes look after this kind of this Friday night. So it may not be a full two hours, um, but uh, we're hoping to get conversations with all of those coaches and just kind of chat playoffs and chat football with them. Yeah. We've get a look at what's going to happen maybe in the future. And uh, are these the last outdoor games? Yeah, there's no, one there's more one round. more round after this. So this is the second round, and then we'll have a quarterfinal and then into the Dome. So. Into the Dome after that. So, all right, so there we go. Once again, that is a, once again happening in football. So listen for the Kemper game. Not sure what station that's going to be on. Probably KKRL. Uh, KKRL. No, be, kick. It'll be on kick. kick. Yep. Right, kick 106.7. Probably about 6.20 for that pregame. 7 o'clock kickoff time as the, the Knights travel to West Sioux for that ball game. We're going to talk volleyball. That's on the way next from KCIM Sports Rewind. As the athletes at your house prepare for hard work and fun of the season, remember that St. Anthony Rehab Services provides physical therapy for any sports injury that may sideline your member of the team. Sports injuries can plague kids of all ages and keep them from playing the sport they love. Athletes will be under the direct supervision of a certified and licensed healthcare professional in the newly renovated sports performance facility. If an injury is keeping your athlete out of the game, call St. Anthony Rehabilitation Services at 794-5000 for sports injury and treatment rehab. It is KCIM Sports Rewind, brought to you exclusively by St. Anthony uh, Regional Sports Performance Program. Eight-week workout program. Man, they are going to test you 
get you in the best shape of your life, whether it's in-season, pre-season, or off-season. Steve and the crew there, man, they do a fantastic job helping out all the local high school athletes as well. Yeah, uh, what, a, what an amazing job that they do, and, and uh, we appreciate them. Uh, very, very much. I uh, know a lot of kids that have come through those programs, and, and uh, it definitely helps them become more athletic, stronger, more flexible, all the things that I need to become. Yeah, so. <laughs> I, that gets, gets them ready for the seasons it that does. they've got coming up. So, again, write this phone number down, 794-5241. That's the number for the St. Anthony Sports Performance Program. If you want your son or daughter to uh, excel in sports and they want to do their best, Hook them up with the uh, St. Anthony Sports Performance Program. Let's talk a little volleyball. First of all, on the uh, the winning side last night, Kemper uh, came out really, I mean, kind of controlled the match outside of falling down early. Yes. They really came back and just controlled things. Yeah, it was interesting talking with Coach Wintermote last night after the game, and, and he mentioned that, you know, he called a timeout when they were down 8-2, and then they ended up going down 11-3. And he just told the girls, you know, we're getting what we want. We're just not executing it. So they weren't hitting the ball well. They were sailing things long they were getting blocked because you know trainer had a girl they don't have heights on the on the roster but mm-hmm. i'm guessing six six somewhere oh, wow. in that in, in that you know area the turks girl and, and a very athletic girl so they were having some troubles you know kind of hitting early i thought serve receive early uh that real early part was was not real crisp but not bad but uh once they settled in it was kind of interesting because they're down 11 to 3 and then Franny Glenn gets a big block, and Aubrey Hewton gets a huge kill on the left side. And all of a sudden, it was like, boom, momentum completely switched. All of a sudden, Trainer went from playing with a lot of confidence to the team that had the worried look on their face. Mm-hmm. And Kemper got the smile back onto their face. And from there, they just absolutely cruised. Won that first set 25-18, and then won the second set 25-11. to Some serving issues in set three. I think they had maybe five or six service errors were either into the net or serving long. Um, I would say out of the 20 points that Trainer scored in, in set number three, uh, maybe a 10, 11 of those were probably errors, you know, on Kemper. Kind of the same thing, that 11 to 3 run. Um, I had kills wise 17 to 5 advantage for Kemper in that first set. So a lot of the points that, uh, you know, um, Trainer got in that first set were, were unforced errors, I think. Yeah, that got a little bit of a microcosm, don't you think, Jeff Honnold, of the, of the Kemper season? There's been some a little periods of letdown, but then followed by some really exceptional play. Yeah, they're talented enough to get away with it once in a while, most of the time. But, uh, you know, the farther into the playoffs you get, the less errors you have to make. And, you know, when you see them playing well, like in game two, they weren't making those errors. They were, they were focused in and, and doing it. And, and most of their serving errors are coming because they're hitting and trying to get to their defensive spot. Um, you know, one of the things you have to do serving is you, you we always call it serve first. You know, serve the ball, stop, and then go up to your defensive. They're, you, you kind of flow through and you get a little extra oomph on the ball and it goes long or goes into the net. So those are the things I see with them. I, they're, they're very, very talented. I mean, they have every ability to go to state, and they should make a deeper run at state if they, if they eliminate the errors, and that's what you see this time of year is, is errors usually take teams out. Now, again, when they put it together, they're a dangerous team. Now, they've got Missouri Valley Wednesday night at, down in Harlan, place where Kemper's pretty comfortable of playing. Not sure about Missouri Valley in that part, but not really don't know much about the Missouri Valley team. Yeah, and I'll tell you about that. I just want to mention, too, that you know I mentioned earlier that serve-receive might have struggled real early during when they fell down 11-3, to but I think overall last night uh, that was probably the best that, that we saw out of serve-receive and, and even out of uh, passing you know, against the dig and stuff. Uh, 
against the attack. I, I really think that their back row took their game to another level last night. I, I joked with uh, Kaylee Simons uh, and stuff. There was one where, um, and she didn't remember it. I, I think when she gets a chance to go back and watch film, it'll flash back to her. But uh, um, there was a ball that uh, Kemper went up to attack on the left side, and it got blocked, and, and it was um, got retouched by Kemper, and it looked like it was going to drop out of bounds, and she is so quick, and she dove, got the left hand on it to get it up into the year, and somehow it went over the net and, and dropped in for a kill because a trainer did not expect the ball to get put back into mm-hmm. the air. But that's how well that back row played last night. So I certainly want to give the back row a shout-out uh, for their execution well, last when you, night. Well, when you are playing that well, things like that seem to happen. Seem to happen. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Missouri Valley, um, pro- they don't have the same kind of height up front. They've got a little height, but not the same kind of height as trainer. Uh, better in the back row. Um, they're more scrappy. They'll keep things alive a little bit more. Um, I, they, they serve well. They're an aggressive serving team. That was one thing trainer came in last night with about a 92.8% serve you know, uh, percentage on the season, but not a lot of aces. So they were not a team that really tried to serve real, real aggressive against you. I think Missouri Valley will look to do that. Now, I haven't seen them since they played down uh, at ICAM Manning earlier this year, but uh, this was a, a, a Missouri Valley team that a lot of people that really focus in on the WIC uh, and stuff and, and Missouri Valley felt like it might be the best Missouri Valley team they've had in, in quite some time. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, they've had some really good teams. So they're going to be in their first ever regional final coming up on Wednesday night. So we'll see how the pressure of that maybe affects them early on. Yeah. Honold, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Give me one stat that uh, they would definitely will show you that Kemper's going to have a great night and one that says that they might struggle. What do you think? Blocks. I mean, I, I think Kemper's blocks are, are just going to decimate Missouri Valley. And then if they struggle, I think you're going to see it from the serving. Uh, if they're, that errors, those, those errors on Kemper uh, is, would be their downfall. But I think that block is going to be so much that uh, you're going to see Missouri Valley kind of rolling and tipping and, and trying to avoid getting hit and certainly going to throw their game off. Yeah, I kind of looked at that. You said uh, what they serve ninety some percent for trainer. Yeah, yeah, is that not being aggressive enough? If you see a stat like that, you go, "Wow, we're we're just putting the ball in play. That's all we're doing on serve." Yeah, and then that's the thing is, is when you look at the percentage, you're like, "Okay, that's a that's a good percentage." But then when you looked a very low number of aces, what that kind of screamed to me was they're safe with their serve. Mm-hmm. They're just trying to get the ball over. And Missouri Valley's not going to do that. Kemper won't do that either. That's part of the reason why they do have you know some of the service errors that they have uh, and stuff because they do try to serve aggressively. Yeah, yeah you got to have that mix of aggressiveness yep. and, and conservative at, at times on that. So let's talk about South Central Calhoun. Three very close matchups. I was a little shocked it was 3 nothing. I thought yep. I thought South Central would get at least a set, if not you know, be right in there to win at 5. But uh, it goes 3-0 in the favor of Ridgeview. Yeah, Jeff mentioned kind of the Kemper-West Sioux thing in football. I kind of felt the same way uh, with, with South Central and Ridgeview that I think this matchup could have been later in the playoffs uh, and stuff and maybe on a neutral floor. They had played twice this year. Uh, Ridgeview won the first time. South Central won the second time. I, I felt were two very even teams, and I think the first set really showed that. Um, and, and in talking with Tyler Bruner, who called the match for us a little bit last night, I think that 26-24 loss in set one uh, got South Central kind of on their heels a little bit, got them a little bit nervous because now they're down one set to nothing, and, and I don't think they were quite as crisp. Not that they didn't play well, but quite as crisp the way it sounded in 
sets two and three, and that gave Ridgeview just enough being able to play at home uh, to have to have the advantage. And I think it was the Jensen girl, if I remember correctly, from Ridgeview mm-hmm. had a big night last night for them. Yeah, Jeff Honnold, you got to give uh, Ridgeview a little credit. That usually we see those games 26-24. Second game, the team that doesn't win that first one really comes out with a fire. So give credit to Ridgeview for going out and getting game number two. Where's that number two? Yeah. That is a solid program up there, and, uh, you know, they have been good for quite some time. And really thought, like you did, that that, that would be a five-setter. Um, I, I just I thought they, those two teams, as Jeff said, were matched up well, um, pretty balanced. I mean, they're kind of built the same. Uh, just expected that to be a five-setter. I, I was shocked when I was I was listening to Blankman. I don't know why. I must have had an earworm in or something, but uh, I was keeping up with the score. And I really was shocked what Tyler was sending out there, and really thought uh, you know you look at that South Central they they've had a good year all year they played very solid back row play um, got some really good kills going on uh, it, it's tough to get beat 3-0 when you're playing that well so that just tells you how much uh, Ridgeview has improved as well and is how well they're playing right now. Now, real quick, South Central, what do they got coming back next year? Is Are they going to graduate about a lot? They're, they'll graduate uh, quite a bit. Uh, probably the three main girls, Kylie Schleichman, Riley Batty, and Kiera Hammond. But uh, that sophomore class, very talented. Uh, J.C. Gravy, an outstanding setter. Brenna McAllister, just, uh, she's a McAllister. Jeff and I will say that till the, you know, the day that I think we're not able to say it anymore. The McAllisters are just competitive. They're mm-hmm. athletic and they're competitive. They, they, you're, you you want to go yeah. to their Thanksgiving see what that's like right? you do yeah i mean i think i think if, if brenna had to run through a wall to make a kill and, and do it at full speed she wouldn't slow down a half a step I, that's just the, the competitive nature of her and that family um nora redazel i think is going to be back and she's good molly 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 monahan to me took a step forward this year i look for her to take another step forward next year in the middle so uh they've got some some really good players coming back i think the future looks good for that program glidden ralston also falling three no three nothing last night to ag W, uh, A-G-W-S-R, yes. There you go. Uh, and uh, that one, you, you kind of said yesterday, boy, you don't know how good they are. Their record may not grab you, but they played in such a good conference and such good competition. You just didn't quite know how this matchup was going to roll. Well, it's always interesting when you see a team that's under 500 get to two seed in a region. So you either you sit there and go, okay, how good is this region? Or how good is this team that's mm-hmm. under 500? And, and that was the case. And, and I think we saw that last night because that's a, that's a very, very, very good Glidden-Ralston team. I have felt that way all year long. But you know, I mentioned something to you yesterday that AGWSR plays in that conference with the Dyke New Hartford the Applington, Parkersburgs, and, and teams like that. So they play at a, a, a really high speed. And then when you look at the scores, and they were playing those teams to 25-17, 25-18, they weren't getting dominated by by you know some of the most mm-hmm. elite teams and programs in the state. You knew they were much better than that record indicated, and I think last night they went out and showed that. And that's exactly why coaches say they want good competition throughout the year to get them ready for playoff time. That's a prime example right there. Absolutely, and and, and Krista Bunt said it last night in a text message to me. Her and I were chatting through text a little bit, you know, uh, after the match, and she's like, we did everything we could do this year. Uh, you know, the girls had an outstanding year, and they absolutely did. That was a, a very, very fun team 
to watch. And, and for them, I wish they'd have gotten a kind of a little different route because uh, having just four losses going into last night, they deserved probably a better route. Yeah, Jeff Honnold, you've been high on Glenn Ralston all year long, and uh, to see him go out 3 nothing, kind of a shock right now. But when you saw that competition that they were facing up against, maybe a little more understandable. But your thoughts on their season after they bow out? Well, that conference will get, not only will they get people at state, they'll, they'll have teams win state and win state fairly easy. So that's, you know, you're talking Grundy's, you're talking premier, premier volleyball up in that corner. So, uh, you know, I was worried for them going up there. As Jeff said, he and I talked, and you see the record, and like, ooh, uh, I don't know, this is this is tough. But, you know, what? look at that Glenn Ralston team. You know, they controlled, they, they did everything they needed to do here in the Rolling Valley to win it. And, uh, you know, four losses, only four losses on the year is a great year. And, I don't care who you're playing or what you're doing. There's, that's a that's a great job. And and you know I I tip my hat to that program. They've really built that up. They've, they're becoming that powerhouse here in that Wick or in the uh, Rolling Valley. And and uh, I think they're poised to keep going. They've got a lot of athletes coming in, and um, you know they can now become that powerhouse and start looking at getting better seeds in different directions and and, and getting themselves a state. But it, it takes a two to three years to get to that point where the state recognizes you. I think they're, uh, you know, they're probably on your. I call it two, but this is going to be year one that the state's going to be paying attention. So, um, hopefully, they they start getting some better draws, and uh, you know, they start playing these teams at state rather than having to play them second round. And Jeff Blankman, the future for Glenn Ralston looks good. Um, I think Krista Bunt does a really nice job. She's about the fundamentals, uh, as Jeff has said several times this year. They kind of started a youth programs, uh, you know, a few years ago, and they do it right. It's not about going to tournaments and always just winning tournaments. It's about teaching the kids the right way to play, uh, you know, teaching the fundamentals, and, and they've done a great job with that. So um, losing a really good senior class, uh, they're, they're going to miss, you know, some of those kids, but uh, they've got some really good talent coming back that they're going to be able to build around. All right, so give us a schedule. Kemper Volleyball Wednesday, Kemper Football on Friday. Where are we going to find those games? Um, we will find the uh, Kemper Volleyball game coming up on uh, Wednesday night uh, down at Harlan. That'll be on 93.7 KKRL. Pre-match at around 6.45 with first serve at 7. And then Kemper Football uh, up at West Sioux on Friday night. Again on uh, kick 106.7, as you said earlier. Pre-game around 6.20 with uh, first serve, or excuse me, first serve with kickoff at 7 o'clock. And again, Friday night, the scoreboard show going to be on with some coaches talking about basically the overall playoffs in their classes. Yes, and we'll have scores from every game around the entire state of Iowa coming up on Friday night. So All I'm right. going to make Nick and Tyler really bust it when they get here. All right. <laughs> Slave driver Blankman doing all that, getting all that coverage for us. Uh, Again, that is KCIM Sports Rewind. Catch a podcast available on the website and the mobile app coming up here in just a few more minutes.